Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint where we debate all the top political stories in the city, in the province, and across the land. In the studio live, Mike Van Solem, Principal Navigator, Communication Strategist, Commentator. Mike, nice to see you again. Arlene, fantastic to be here. All right. Stephen LeDrew is also with us, a Toronto-based lawyer, broadcaster, served as a past president of the Liberal Party of Canada. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, Why don't we start with the elephant in the room? We're waiting tomorrow at 10 a.m. We're going to find out whether or not this stay, I'll throw this to you, Mike. First of all, this stay uh, in the decision in the city of Toronto. It is the first guns a-blazing. A defiant, headline-grabbing move of Premier Doug Ford. Mike, what do you think? There was an interesting part that happened today that I'm sure you were aware of where the province said, look, we won't use the notwithstanding clause. We're going to withdraw all that aspect if you just give us the stay. Yeah, interesting. Look, uh, I don't know about the legal maneuver, but what I do know is that the Premier has been pretty crystal clear that he is going to see this through. And there will be 25 city councillors in this city come the municipal election on the 22nd. Um, I also do believe, you know, in everything I've read, I'm not a mm-hmm. lawyer, and mm-hmm. Mr. LeDrew, uh, you know, maybe could, could wax poetic about this. But I do believe that the judge in the uh, previous ruling overreached uh, mm-hmm. and everything I've read about it. So I think they have a decent chance tomorrow. And so, of course, it would be pro forma. We would, they would pull back that legislation. But... The resolve of the uh, premier on this matter can't be uh, underestimated. So it'll be interesting to see, and we'll be on the edge of our seats. Uh, I don't know if it's 10 a.m. is too early to have popcorn, but if if there's popcorn on offer, I'm going to be eating it and uh, and watching it carefully. Popcorn's fine. It's just when you get into the hooch at 10 o'clock in the morning. That, that's the problem. It will not be flowing, Arlene. Probably not. You got it. And Stephen, you know, when we look at the case here, I think right. Mike has made a very good point. And this was brought up right when the premier said, look, I'm pulling it out, the notwithstanding clause, that they had a good case to get this thing overturned. What if that happens, Stephen? Has the premier overreached or has he sent a pretty powerful message here? Well, first of all, I want, I, mean, I want to take issue with Mike when he said that, well, because LeDrew is a lawyer, he could probably wax eloquent on this. I could wax eloquent on most things, you know, entertainment, <laughs> music, you know, hunting, fishing, cooking, everything. I mean, so don't just leave it to law. But, I don't know what's more important, that you're a past lawyer or a past president of the Liberal but, Party, but Mike, either of those gives you an opportunity yeah. to talk uh, Mike, eloquently. That notwithstanding, um, <laughs> let's say that, uh, and I did a, a video for National Post last week, and I said, uh, Bella Battle is a very smart judge smart guy. I think he stretched a little bit. I mean, when you talk about freedom of expression yeah. as to how many constituents a councillor has, I mean, that really is more than a stretch. Uh, uh, you know, this was brought in out of peak rather than uh, you know, well-planned. That's a stretch as well. I think that there's an excellent chance that this would be stayed. But I also think that what the Premier did was really in the best belt and suspender approach. Belt and suspender. So they were going ahead with the appeal. He said that when he announced that he was using the notwithstanding clause. But he said, if, if, then we'll have this, uh, we'll have this, uh, this bill through. And that's why they sat at uh, 12.01 a.m. on the weekend to get it through. So I think it's, uh, it's very prudent. He wants to cut it back. I agree with you, Mike. I mean, not, 
no Herador, notwithstanding, God, I hate that word. Um, it's going to be a 25-member council, and he wants that. Fine. If, uh, if he wins on appeal, that'll be it. If the court of appeal is smart, and I don't, some lawyers are already saying, well, this mm-hmm. is a threat. This is bully. It's not. The government lawyers are simply saying, Arlene, what the intent of the government is. It was not extortion. It was not a bully. They're saying this is what's going to happen. You give it your best shot, Court of Appeal, and a judge is supposed to, a court is supposed to have less aggravation from a decision than from, you know, the other circumstances. So they'll have less aggravation from this decision if they stay it. I think it would be smart if they did. All right, Mike, what has, what has already been done here? He's pulled the big weapon out, and he may not have to use it. But I'm going to throw this out here. Has Doug Ford, and the way he's behaving as a premier, is he changing politics in Canada? Big question, but not a bad one. Sure. I, you, <laughs> if sure. I do say so myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a great question, of course. Um, the I, I do look. I th- I don't know if Doug Ford is changing politics, but I do think politics is changing, and and mm. we and we all have this sort of romantic idea of sort of the a genteel time when Bill Davis was was the premier, and uh, you know, particularly in the conservative mm-hmm. movement, people wax poetic a, a, about that. Um, but we've moved on. Uh, the, the life is a lot different. We have a, a president south of the border who, who couldn't be a, a, a more stark exclamation point on the fact that politics is done a little differently. And that doesn't mean that we all have to become Doug or uh, Donald Trump in in how politics is practiced. But it has changed and for a whole whole variety of reasons. Uh, I look at the the lack of uh, voter engagement, the voting rates. If you want to really start mm-hmm. at like root causes, um, and and I think that explains a. a bunch about Donald Trump. It explains a a bunch of what happens in elections now is that there's such a small group of people who actually come out and the the swing group is so small that they're their ideas and what what motivates them to come out becomes a very narrow. And, they have and a start, lot of power. There's have, a small and they, and they amount a lot of, of people in this country that have a lot of power. Would you agree, Stephen? Um, no, I'm not going to agree to that. I think that um, I think that I agree with that. Politics has changed. I think that um, too often we are going to extremes, and I don't think that's good for the country or for society. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a pretty large group. There's a there's a Steady number of people who will vote conservative. Steady number of people who will vote liberal. Steady number who will vote the communist. But it's that big group <laughs> that moves, and it's a pretty large group. They'll either, in, like in 2006 with, uh, with Martin, they'll sit on their hands and not vote if they're liberal, or they will, they will change. But there's a whole bunch of people in the middle of Canadian politics that will sit there and listen and be persuaded or be cheesed off, or whatever, and they will uh, get out there and vote. In fact, I think, Mike, you probably know this better than I do, wasn't there a very high percentage, higher percentage in the last federal election than, uh, than previous ones? I think a lot of people got out there and voted, and the last provincial as well. Yeah, no, but you know, we we move from sixty one to sixty three point five percent, and we think uh, you know there, there there's this greater voter engagement. Not a trend. But but, but I th- but I think look, I I think. I think we're agreeing, Stephen. I think I think we're on the same point. Like that, that swing voter becomes so important, and, and as as numbers go, as a percentage of the Canadian population, it's, it's a it's a small group. So and it and, defines policy, and, and there that's worrisome though because it's just focus, focus, focused on one strip, and they can sway and make the fence stand up or go the other side. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And, I don't think that's dangerous, Arlene. No. No, I think that it's uh, it's it's back to. Um, it's back to the majority. 
Um, I think that uh, there's some writers that say, well, Ford only got 40% of the vote. Well, that's pretty darn good. And um, I think if, you're, if you can run a, a moderate government, not swinging to the left and to the right, not selling off you know, national treasures and not stopping pipelines, let's have a moderate government where everybody can sort of buy in. We don't have enough of that, but I think that... I know, but how do you define a modern government now? Well, how, what is the definition of it? Well, we, 40%. It, yeah, <laughs> or as a, as a nation, you know, most people in Canada would agree on a whole handful of things, Arlene and Mike, and, and I think you would agree with that. They say, well, we want to have um, prosperity. We want to have... Uh, I know, but how you get there is where they don't agree. And as we talk about trends, you said it yourself, Stephen. I mean, there's a great polarization here. Yeah, and I think that uh, that is as a result of some very, very cheap, nasty politics and and, uh, trying to play to everybody. Trudeau has been trying to satisfy everybody, which is why... Now he's being caught with uh, on, on the white. That's for back. that's for the next segment. So hold your fire oh, there. Okay. I, I, I didn't <laughs> read the note, but I mean you can't satisfy everybody all the time, or else you're going to get caught. And, and I'll yeah. also say, like, yeah. if if politics has changed, you know, it's as well as we sit here. Media has changed. Mm-hmm. As you know, we look and at opinion social media. people. I was going to say, let's face it. Look at the power of opinion people. They don't have to be journalists. No. They can say whatever right. they want, and there wow. is a cultish like following of opinion people. And, and, and I know I, you people are I, beating people up. I follow you, Arlene. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Look, and I came out of, and, and I do think there's something about the shrinking newsroom. You know, I, and I, I come out of the newsroom, you know, I, was, I wasn't very, there very long before I ended up in politics. But, you know, it does play an important role in, in, you in, bet it in, in the civic conversation. And those journalists who, who, who set opinion aside and just try to be, do a really great job of objectively uh, mm-hmm. presenting the information, uh, you know, the five W's, uh, they play a really important role. And they're, they're a shrinking group. And so... Um, as well, if you want to talk about it, it's just how how Canadians, uh, voters, consume news is is so different, and, and it has a big impact. And probably people uh, 20, 30, 40 years will do a better job of unpacking it than uh, than I can. Stephen, do you think that people have blurred the lines between opinion and information? Oh, absolutely, there's no question about that. You look at social media. And, and so many people think, well, I read it on social media. Mm-hmm. Or I saw it. And, and, and they forget who they read it from <laughs> or where they read it. And it's baloney. You have to look at the source of the news. I'm a big believer in, um, in professional journalists who are there. Uh, as Mike said, you know, let's get, the, let's get the facts first. And then after that, you want to have context. And, and right now, there's a big distinction, I think, in Canada and Canadian media between context and opinion. Mm-hmm. And some have opinions. Mike and I have opinions. Um, and Arlene, you provide the context to it. And so as long as people know the source, as long as people know what you're talking about, what drives me crazy is when you read articles written by somebody, you see their name, you don't know them, and most people would take that to be the news. And it's not. It's some one person's opinion. And I think that's a travesty, and that is really, really damaging the politics and the, the civil life of our uh, of our of our society heady heady stuff hey no name calling here just differing opinions going head to head with counterpoint here's alex pearson on global news radio 
in the studio live is Mike Van Solen, who is a principal at Navigator. Stephen LeDrew is on the blower, as we like to say, Toronto-based lawyer, broadcaster. He used to be the president of the Liberal Party of Canada, although sometimes you can't tell. May I say that? All right. Uh, well, I don't mean the Liberal Party has changed. Okay. No, you're right. And not for the better. Yeah. Well, what do they say to you? Do they throw rotten tomatoes at you, Stephen? Do they invite you to things? Oh, uh, well, now and then uh, I get some <laughs> comments from Ottawa. But you know what? I say you guys are up there just li- living the life. You know, I'm in Toronto working hard. Yeah. 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 You got to. You you're an opinion person and you've got an opinion. All right, Stephen, I'm going to start with you. We were talking a lot about uh, Doug Ford and his tone and what he's done and how he exemplifies all these changes in politics. Here he is oft and he's going to see what he can do about NAFTA. I want to talk about NAFTA. But first, let me ask you what you think Doug Ford can do. Are people projecting? Is this just a bit of theater? Where where the PCs know that that perhaps during these tough NAFTA negotiations, they say, "Hey, he he might be the person. He maybe he can get it done." Well, I mean, there's all, there's always hope that he may be the person to get it done, and he'll bring a new uh, a new I guess outlook to uh, to it in. Uh in Washington, but can he bring that, anything new, Stephen? Well, I mean, look, we've got Brian Mulroney. There, that you know, there was Ronna Ambrose. That, you know, hmm? this is all personalities. The reason we got the last one was because Mulroney and Reagan liked each other. All the officials were against certain clauses, and they made a phone call, and that was it. it the president doesn't like the the head of Mexico, so well, you know that well, they well, were calling the people is, rapists. So yeah, but, this is a different kind of a deal. But that, but that doesn't stand anymore. I mean, the president uh, changes his mind every other day. And that is the key factor. Here. Well, maybe you know, Ford going down there is going to do something. I think that uh, I think he'd be bereft if he didn't go down there and at least give it a shot. I think he is changing politics. People in Ontario want to change politics. There is a, a very inefficient, poorly run, corrupt mm-hmm. government. They wanted to get rid of that. So good thing for him. He is changing politics. That's why he's voted in. As to his, the quotes tonight where he's talking about he was down at that plowing match and um, what was, it wasn't Chatham, is it? It was Chatham, I think. Yeah, well, yeah we've got a clip. Pain, Why don't we play a clip here? hard or something, wasn't okay, it? Okay, let's, let's play it. Let's let Premier Ford say it himself. Here we go. I'll be going down to Washington, D.C. to meet with our federal officials and make the case that any NAFTA deal must protect Ontario jobs in both auto and agriculture sectors. And I won't, I won't mix words when I go down there, because farm jobs are not a bargaining chip. Not now, not ever, ever at all. Okay, Mike, come on. Here he is. Is this some refreshing words here? They got enough from Canadians. They say we're not negotiating. We got all this, uh, these stipulations. We've got dairy. Uh, to me, that doesn't sound like a fresh voice. Such a natural, uh, <laughs> such a natural speaker. Um, uh, look, I, what I think Stephen got right was the fact that the, the this is about personalities now at this point. The broad outlines of a deal are there. Like they've spent months and months and months uh, working it through. They know all the different permutations that this deal could could take, and really now it's uh, about whether there's a political resolve to get it done. Uh, the one thing I'm not sure of, and this, 
like I, I'm on, I'm on mm. Team Canada, like like mm-hmm. we all are. We want to see it happen. But the one thing I'm not totally sure of right now is whether the federal Liberal Party wants to get a deal done. I totally, and this is my theory, there's something funny going on, as my mother would say. I mean, it it almost seems like they've got some polling that if they jab the president, and maybe he's got a lot of troubles, they think maybe he's not going to be around. I'm so glad you say that. Well, look, the president is not a, a popular person in Canada, and and. I just, I, you know, look, look. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat at this point, and I, you know, I, yeah. and I have a conspiracy theory to, to, you know, to to <laughs> trot out at each every every hour. But I just wonder. I just wonder now. I'm just starting to look at it whether the liberals really, really want a deal done. I think something and, and I hope And I hope they do. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I hope uh-huh. I hope they, I'd rather see them go to the polls and and, and, Andrew she- and try to defeat Andrew Scheer by saying, we got this deal yeah. done and, and let's move on. And certainly that's better than a bad deal. Um, uh, but, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just worry that they, they've sort of made a decision. If we can't get a good deal that we really like, we're, uh, we're, we're happy to go to the polls and, and, let, and, and, and fight for the fact that we're the best people to ultimately get this done. I'm wondering too, what, what do you say about our, this theory here, Stephen? Well, I think it, there's a lot to that theory. And I think that if the liberals pull that, uh, then Andrew Scheer will be prime minister in, uh, in 13 months. I don't think that, or whenever the election comes before then, I don't think that Canadians are going to um, vote for a party that has failed the negotiations and vote to say, okay, we're going to go down there and punch the president in the nose. I mean, they just know that's It doesn't matter. They may want him to punch the president in the nose, but they want a deal. They want an economic deal. Two different things, in my opinion. People say we can't get a deal. But, you know, it's because of that big, bad president, they're running against the president of the United States. I think that's just, uh, I, I, I agree with Mike. I've heard that. I think that uh, they may be going for that. I just think that's a loser. I think that, um, and, and this is where I di- differ with both uh, the premier and, and the prime minister, although in, in differing effects, when they're talking about the dairy industry, I think the dairy industry, I mean, it is a big, multi, multi-layered, corporate, rich industry. I think that Canadians should say, we don't want supply side anymore with the dairy and with poultry because we are getting ripped off. And I think there's a lot of room there for the Liberals if they had the gumption to make a deal. Well, they won't, though, because they have to keep all those ridings in Quebec, which are run by dairy corporations. Forget the farmers. We aren't talking about mom and pop here. We're talking about massive, big corporations which have been living off the taxpayer in Canada for years. I think the Americans are right. You know what? You should do something with it. Yeah. And I got and I got mm-hmm. the solution. I think all the all the le- federal liberal government needs to do is say anybody any farmer out there, any small farmer who's not bringing in more than 50 million dollars a year, we're going to protect you. Good point. The rest of, the rest of you guys, you can fight it out and we're going to have some open market. And uh, you know what? I think Canadians will go, yeah, that's totally totally makes sense. Uh, and, they know Mike how cheap they could get the product. Well, I know. It would benefit Canadians, but this is politics. Everybody has to win. We just heard the clip there of Premier Ford, and he's going, he's not going down there saying, look, Canadians have got it all wrong. Protection is the key to re-election. You can call me on that. But Mike Mike is is right on that, Eileen. Protection of the mom-and-pop farmer, that's what he was talking about. I agree, but you know. And the other important thing that he's going down there for is the auto industry, because there's 120 or, or some thousand jobs in Ontario alone dependent on that. And if Ford, as he's been talking about, putting a tariff on, on cars from Canada, then we're sunk. We're, we're going to be into a depression in Ontario. Yeah, and that's, and that's the real risk. And I, and I still worry that Trump 
you know, it, forget about my conspiracy theories about the liberals, mm-hmm. that Trump, what he really wants is to be able to go into these midterms and say, look, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, I'm bringing back auto to, to your to Yeah, your and if state. he has Trudeau's head on a political stick, all the better. He needs a win here, and he's gone with Mexico. And I remember interviewing, I had, you know, former congressmen, politicians from Mexico saying to me, oh, you know, you, you Canadians, you can't do this deal without us. Look at what's happened. And, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say a good friend of mine said to me, and what's with everything that's happening with Donald Trump right now, don't be worried about the healthy bear. Be worried about the sick bear. And if as the president gets more desperate, as things start oh, start rising yeah. around him, um, you know, it's tricky. And that's what makes this whole NAFTA deal and the fact we might not get one is very, very plausible. Who would have thought, Stephen, finally, would you have ever thought two years ago that this would be not just a small issue, not just a fiddle, as they said at the beginning, a little tweak. This may not even happen. This is a whole orchestra, not just a little tweak. You're absolutely right. And But the question then, Arlene, and I think it's very plausible, very, very conceivable that it wouldn't happen, that it won't happen. But then how doesn't it happen? Does that mean that that it's just going to sort of disappear? Well, no, that's not going to happen. If does it mean, if it doesn't happen, that Trump is going to come in and, you know, put on billions and billions of dollars worth of tariffs of goods from Canada? Well, if he does that, as I said, we're in, uh, we're in serious, serious trouble. trouble. No wonder. And you know what? There may be something to that because a quote from Trudeau today saying that he's really pushing, uh, was an interview with Paul Wells, he is really pushing for interprovincial trade. He's ignored mm-hmm. that for years. Mm-hmm. You see, that's what I mean. Material. There's a lot of signs, as Mike and I have just agreed on. And that comment last week, it really stuck with me when the prime minister said, this is a president that doesn't always follow the rules. That is much more critical than what he said after the G7. Much, much more critical. And, we, and the president cut, didn't come back. So what is that? What does what that, that say? Yeah. And we're he also, yeah, and we're hearing Christian Freeland is... Um, you know, going up against Lighthouser, that's politics and that's personality. On the other hand, you know darn well that governments do things with polling, Mike. You know it very well. Well, for, for sure. And 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 this is why this is, of course, so politically charged. And you and you love to remove it from the, you you love to remove it from politicians. And and there be some some world where you know uh, economists or tra- trade experts would just get it done. But uh, that's not where we live, and and we're better. We're, I suppose we're better for it. But. Uh, Trump is going into a really tough uh, midterms. Uh, the House is, I, I, I don't know if it's gone, but it's in jeopardy. And Trudeau has has a real challenge. He has a, he has a trail of failures behind him, and uh, he needs to reset the conversation. He needs to bring back Stormy Daniels. Back to <laughs> oh, don't even say it. Don't. You've been reading it. You've been reading it. The description. Well, I didn't read her book. I, I she went that. there, Stephen. She described the wild thing so uh, i'm just gonna i'll leave it leave it at that so drop it there (laughs) stephen lish true toronto-based lawyer and broadcaster and he used to be the president of the liberal party Uh, the best is yet to come marlene the best is yet to come ted rogers stephen ledoux thank you mike van solen principal and navigator communication strategist commentator opinion person nice to have you You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.